0: Hello everybody and welcome to another special episode of Best Seat on the Couch. It is almost Christmas time, so by now you should know that it is our annual time period to start talking about One Piece. Uh, Once again, my name is Alex uh, and I am your host for this podcast. And uh, why don't we go down the line and reintroduce ourselves in case anybody uh forgot from last year's uh one piece podcast where to begin oh, yeah My which, which side of the
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well let's go alphabetically okay. so i guess let's start with katie okay
1: for katie um and many other people in this call <laughs> um uh, i'm katie <laughs> i use she her pronouns and i am just so excited to be here and we should go to the other k i guess
2: yes Ooh. that would be me i'm kyle I use he, him pronouns. I'm also excited to be here and talk about One
3: Piece. Uh, Hi, everyone. I'm Lonnie. I use he, him pronouns. And
2: yeah, I am
3: stoked to be here to talk about One Piece.
0: (laughs) And as is, I suppose, tradition at this point, every year that we do this podcast, we add one more person to the podcast lineup. So... um, This year, we are adding a new friend and new face to our one-piece discussion, and that is Owen. Hello, Owen. Hello. Uh,
4: Yeah, I'm Owen. (laughs) Uh, He, him pronouns, and I'm uh, Katie's partner.
1: It's true. Oh,
0: well, welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Owen. So good to have you here. Uh, Now, like we did with Lonnie last time, we're going to, and for those of you who are listening uh, and don't know what this One Piece talk is about, go watch our other two One Piece episodes. You're missing out quite a lot um, if this is your first time tuning into uh, this discussion. But Owen, like we did with Lonnie uh, the last uh, One Piece episode, uh, we have a couple of questions to ask you because. Uh, We've already talked extensively about one piece, but we want to know how your experience with this uh almost 20 25 year old story uh, we want to know where it started and uh, how you got into one piece in the very first place.
4: uh yeah um, it's a great story <laughs> it's it's actually related to meeting Katie um, so. <laughs> When Katie and I went on our first date, we talked a lot about anime and manga, uh, and she wa- she watched One Piece and read One Piece, and I was like, I will never watch that. The bar <laughs> to entry is so high that there's no possible way you could make me do that. Um, and this was like two years ago, something like that, slightly over two years ago. Um, and since then, I've just I've binge watched the entire thing. I I think I got to the end of. Uh, where the anime was in Wano like two months ago or something like that. And since then I've just been reading uh, all the remainder.
1: It's how I knew he um, actually so liked I... me is because he started watching One <laughs> Piece after he said he wouldn't.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's the most wow. dedication I've ever had to a television show. For
0: sure. <laughs> no. Serious serious kudos to you for <laughs> binging a thousand <laughs> episodes of an anime. Uh, I... Yeah, we, we talked a little earlier about how if we recommended One Piece to somebody, we would, wouldn't recommend the anime. Probably just reading the manga because it goes so fast. But it sounds like Katie uh, wanted you to have the full One Piece experience. Yep.
4: Yeah, although I did skip. I skipped filler. She warned me about things like Foxy. So, like, it wasn't completely blank <laughs> slate when I went
0: <laughs> in. Oh, yeah. That's too bad. You're missing a key <laughs> hated part of One Piece. All right. Well, Owen, let's uh, talk a little bit about um, we for for this podcast. Uh, before every uh, before we dive into the real meat of what we're talking about, uh, we like to talk about our favorite characters and favorite moments in the media that we're discussing. And uh, since you are uh, are joining us for the first time, we want to know what your favorite character in One Piece is. And I believe what we did last time was: who's your favorite Straw Hat, and who is your favorite non Straw Hat? And for context, my favorite Straw Hat was, of course, Bon Clay, <laughs> Mister Two Bon Clay.
4: Um. Yeah. So I, I I I've listened to the last podcast, so I have some warning about. About some of the questions, <laughs> um, I think like I I don't want to say it, but I think my favorite straw hat is Zoro. I don't uh. want to say it because it's Katie's, obviously. <laughs> let's uh, go,
3: let's go, let's <laughs> go. Right answers. <laughs> uh, he
4: all of his flaws are actually positives. Um,
3: <laughs> like
1: getting lost like, constantly. Like
4: getting lost is like not a flaw. It's actually he's just he's great and <laughs> always um, non-straw hat. I. I was thinking about it today and I think uh Kinemon is, is my favorite non oh. yeah. I Yeah. I like the wow. way he says things, like I like his voice actor a lot. Um so that's part of it. Um
2: That's and that's just, got some that's got some new one piece energy in it, yeah. that
0: choice. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well well Kyle, you say new, but, but Kinemon's been around longer than most other one piece characters, um, because he joined them in Punk Hazard, right? That's true. He's been there for like almost half the series wow i guess you're right
1: it does feel like he is such a new character though but then you think about it and you're like oh god it's been 10 years
4: <laughs>
0: and he has such a weird his devil fruit is
4: so like weird and not super useful uh but it's fun um <laughs> and he's just like he everyone knows things and he's like yes we
0: all know that yes <laughs> i like that bit about the, him. the strategy maker yeah man. exactly Yeah, no, I think Kinemon had a great showing in in Wano, especially. And we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about the Wano arc. Um, But speaking of arcs, do you have a favorite arc of One Piece, Owen? It also
4: feels like cheating, but
0: Wano is definitely
4: definitely my preferred Mm. arc. I do like, I will say, a lot of people seem to hate Skypiea, but I did like Skypiea when I was first getting into it.
0: No, I... I respect that. I Yeah, Skypiea does have its merits, but I do, <laughs> you're right. They, it does seem to be like the least liked arc of, um, of One Piece. Uh, all right, and final question for you, Owen, just so that we're all caught up. If you had to choose a devil fruit power in uh, the One Piece world, what would your devil fruit power be?
4: Is this one that like actually exists in
0: in the in the world? Yeah, one that you've seen in the story before.
4: Um, hmm. interesting. I do like the op op fruit just because it's like crazy. Seems crazy versatile in terms of like what mm-hmm. it does. Um, for fun, the jacket jacket fruit is pretty fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my god, yeah. I. I've completely forgotten about that fruit. The most
4: obscure devil fruit. <laughs> and useless, <laughs>
0: frankly. Yeah, who would who would you allow to put yourself on?
4: That's a good question.
0: Who <laughs> would you trust enough to to wear you? Yeah,
4: like not Zoro probably. <laughs> I don't know if there's any straw hat that I would trust.
0: All right. Well, thank you Owen for sharing. Sharing your One Piece insights. Once again, we're glad to have you on board the uh the makeshift, I guess, raft that is this podcast. Um, all right. So why don't we dive right into uh speaking about uh the most recent arc of One Piece? Because the very first time we recorded this uh this One Piece podcast, we were right at the beginning of the Wano arc, uh, or maybe like a closer to the midway part of Wano. And now it's just finished. I believe Wano has been going on for about four or five years at this point, um, definitely making it one of the longest arcs in One Piece. And I wanted to get y'all's opinion on the arc now that it is over because we've seen quite a lot of uh, different parts of the One Piece world interact and come together in this uh, enormous arc. And it did result in our main character, Luffy, being declared one of the strongest pirates in the sea, uh being declared one of the four emperors after defeating um another four emperor, Kaido. Uh and so, that all that being said, uh if y'all wanted to chime in, what are your thoughts on the one arc? Did you like it? Uh, were there things that uh, you might have wanted to happen differently? Things you thought could have been done better? Yeah, what's your opinions on it?
1: I mean, oh my gosh.
0: It was rad. <laughs> it was great. It yeah. was rad,
2: and then it was long, and then I had to read it to catch up. Because <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't keep up. And then there was so much good fighting, and I was like, this was probably so many episodes. And so many epic things happen. It was rad. and it's
1: still going. Like I'm so excited to see some of those fights fully get animated. And I don't think like I've I've said that about really a lot of other fights in the manga. You know, like there, I mean, there's fights that you read in the manga and you're like, oh, that'll be cool to watch. But there's, I mean, I mean, <laughs> these are amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, there were some really great fights in uh, that that arc. I think almost every Straw Hat got a dedicated fight, except for maybe one or maybe like two or three of them. But we hadn't seen that since uh Water Seven or Eni's mm. um when they were fighting against uh CP9, which was another great arc. But yeah, I personally really liked um the, the crew of Kaido. Um especially the, like, weird conglomeration of the Beast Pirates, or I guess if you're going off the English translation, the Animal <laughs> Kingdom Pirates, yeah. which I think is a lot less cool. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I really like their showing, uh, especially the commanders of um Kaido's crew, like King and Queen. I think Queen still has one of my favorite moments in One Piece, his uh his song in the rave song in the middle of uh the raid on Onigashima. I think that's still one of my favorite pieces in recent One Piece memory. I think that's one of the
1: best episodes ever because not only do you have him singing then like two episodes or something later you have uh momo saying who he is and like totally declaring his name which is like very emotional and then you have the entire um nine come in in that black and white scene and make this huge entrance and that Mm -hmm. was when i was like actively screaming at the tv it was so good (laughs) (laughs) i think i watched that episode like alone maybe 10 times
3: (laughs) are we talking strictly the anime here Like, uh, for the
1: one arc, oh, I was talking about the anime Uh, just because of the song,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I mean, just for the question, this segment of the question,
0: yeah, no, we can definitely talk, dive into the manga as well. Since we all have read, uh, we've all caught up to the manga itself, but yeah, like you said, Lonnie, the one arc is not done yet in uh, the anime, it's still going. I think they just finished, um, Robin and Black Maria's fight. That one looked good, Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so there's still quite a quite a bit to go. I am a little mm-hmm.
1: tired of all of the women having to fight women. I will say that was one thing I, I don't love about Wano, was it just was like, cool, Nami and Ulti mm-hmm. and uh, Robin and Black Maria. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's true. Oh, well, hold on. What about big mom versus <laughs> kid and... Uh, oh, that's fair. Kid-in-law. <laughs>
1: She, like, doesn't count as any gender. She is just, like, such a huge, like, (laughs) amorphous monster.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I
3: think probably outside of that whole big mom scenario, I do remember talking to someone, and uh, they also were not the biggest fans of just, like, uh, a lot of the matches being kind of just, like, women pitted against women, like, uh, throughout this series. And I do think, like... I do think that part can like be a little sour spot. However, the fights were still really, really good. It, I do, I do think like it, it just shouldn't have like gone that route that many times, like throughout the series. But I do really like the fights.
0: Yeah. And uh, speaking of things that were revealed in uh, the middle of Wano, um, I want to know your takes on the reveal of Luffy's fruit. Um, because for, uh, to give context for the longest time, ever since the beginning of the manga, Luffy was, um, he, so the way you get powers in one piece is you eat mystical, magical fruits, uh, that give you superhuman abilities, which we're actually learning a little bit more about in the, the current arc of one piece, uh, right now on egghead. But from the very beginning, Luffy was stated to have eaten the gum gum fruit, which is a fruit that bestows uh, the powers of rubber on uh, whoever eats it, which makes him like a rubber man. Uh, And in the most most recent arc of Wano, we had that kind of turn on its head uh, in the fact that it was revealed that Luffy's fruit isn't uh actually the gum gum fruit it is a different type of fruit um called a zone fruit that lets you uh have like powers of mythical beings and animals of an ancient god in the one piece world um called nika and i think from what i understand what i took from it is that it still has all the properties of like the gum gum fruit except there's like an extra layer on top of that where uh, one luffy awakens and has his like final gear fifth form um but yeah what did y'all think about that reveal in the uh in in the story because i do know that it was a bit controversial uh, when it came out, because I know there were some people who really liked it, some people who didn't like it because it kind of threw uh, Luffy's other exploits kind of into this weird zone of um, whether it was like him or the fruit uh, dictating certain certain like styles of fighting or actions. But yeah, what did y'all think about that?
3: So, if if I'm good to like go on this one, yeah. So. In my opinion, like, I think that the I think that the reveal is actually very exciting and I do think it brings out some of Oda's best artwork and his ability to like now take the like the choreography or combat direction right into something that's very, very playful and like visually appealing and then on top of that i think from i think like the the themes of one piece and the characterization of luffy it does fit him very strongly and kind of plays to a lot of the strengths as to why we like the character as for the controversy i do give it a, i do give a lot of the people who point out the controversies of that fruit a lot of like charity to what they have to say though because mainly I think what a lot of their, I think their criticisms are doing until it's addressed maybe later in the story is you kind of do have to wonder what the world government was doing with this knowledge that that fruit was supposed to be this like legendary thing that they've been trying to safeguard this entire time, but be, I guess not as proactive or kind of look incompetent about how they handled this whole situation, knowing that they probably had good knowledge that the Gomu Gomu Fruit Luffy's been using to win this entire time should have been something they stopped like a long time ago. Especially when it was built up in like the flashback sequences that it was supposed to be a big deal. And I also think the whole thing about like the Nika, you know, from at least what other things I've seen and what people pointed out is like maybe it could have been planted a bit better because we do get, you know, the reveal of this like Nika God thing like in the who's who fight. And then it doesn't really take too many fights after that in order to get to the reveal of Nika. So I think altogether, like from what I have to like conclusively say about it, it gives Luffy like amazing character work. And and it's like kind of one of my favorite transformations now. But I do think that it was a little bit messier here until further addressed maybe later in the story about how this was set up like properly. Especially when it's something that he got mid-combat against Yonko and and all his other stuff.
1: I think that's super fair in in looking at things that Oda has set up before. Like, he prompts things or starts putting hints and sprinkling in, like, little bits of lore so early in the story for so many other things that this one did feel like it came a little bit out of the blue. So, I think that's a really fair... uh, I don't know constructive criticism <laughs> but at the same time it was absolutely my favorite thing to happen in the entire <laughs> series <Agreed. laughs> hands down
2: <laughs> yeah it was so random and hilarious like instantly broke the fourth wall until like my favorite <laughs> scene is of him jump roping with Kaido in the, in the manga like, <laughs> the panel is so brilliant and just so fun and playful but it is totally random and it is kind of like Superman complex now of like what what can stop this? What What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah. He has, like, a fourth wall potential now. I don't know what is going on.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's unclear what the, what the powers of the fruit are even capable of because he can turn into, like, giants and catch lightning bolts. Yeah. Um, just anything. Anything you can draw is what he can do. Um,
0: yeah. I like how people were saying, like, He's awakened the rubber hose drawing style, and that's like the next step up for the gum gum fruit. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's super interesting to to see what Oda can do with uh with this fruit now that its its like full potentials have been unlocked, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, I do have to agree that it was a little bit fast, uh, especially like you said, Lonnie happening in the middle of of a battle of Hutsus fight against Jimbei that the name was dropped. And yeah, Oda does, Oda is known for I think we've in one of our previous trivia uh sections of One Piece, we talked about how Oda sometimes makes decisions um that he hasn't planned for before. For example, Rob Lucci being uh, part of CP9 or the introduction of the Supernovas. Um and I think like he gets like a really cool idea and he's able to adapt those ideas into the greater narrative of his story. Uh, and so I think that happened here, at least, at least... Really? Uh, hmm?
1: Oh, it just seems so pivotal for that to have happened to be like a last minute idea. This well, it feels like well, that transforms the, the-, the
0: entire story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one theory, but he does... I, I do think there's an argument for it being as far back as against Luffy's fight with a uh, Doflamingo um, when he first puts out gear 4 because that's f- the first time we see him transform in a way that's like not characteristic of a paramecia fruit and he has those like smoke lines hanging behind him the same way he does in gear 5 so yeah it could have happened all the way since then
3: yeah so i think what you know people would say to that is I don't think they really have issues with because the idea of Luffy having an awakening, right? Is very clear cut and I think people were expecting it in the Kaido fight anyways. I think it really does have to do with the lore of the fruit and the fact that it's tied to the world government's knowledge all this time. And like, um and the fact that like well, a lot of fans really, really like to sit down, right, and try to Because it's it's not saying that we can make predictions, but it's always fun when you're feeling like you can, you know, try to take information in the story that you're you're reading. Right. Because you're seeing things planted well and then try to make those predictions, whether you're right or wrong. Um, But I think, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, you just said Nika. Oh, bam! I guess his Fruits Nika. Like, (laughs) like, you know, like a few fights down the road. So I do think it's more so a a little bit about the lore of the fruit, how it's tied to the world government and then, you know. Not really the the power that he gets out of it or the fact that he was going to get an awakening, but it being revealed, oh, this was, I, I guess you were, yeah, the the god fruit that we kind of just, we kind of learned about this god somewhat-ish now. I think that's probably what they would say. But I do agree with Katie that this is still like, in my opinion, that was probably <laughs> like the best part of Wano to me and arguably the entire New World. And you could probably even say oh, all of
1: It was just so fun. Like I feel like Oda really had a great time in Wano for so many reasons. Like be- when drawing the beast pirates and like coming up with like really silly ways to add different animal parts on people, I'm sure was <laughs> a All the great smile time. Users,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And then the fight with Kaido, I'm sure was just a blast to like think of and draw.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that last series of fights. Um of Gear five versus kaido um is some of the like the best fight choreography I've seen in one piece so far es- especially that last panel of um that like lash I get last beam clash I guess you could say where his like it's his fist coming down from the sky versus uh kaido's like flame coming out of his mouth um and that last declaration from Luffy. Um, saying like, I want to make a world. Kaido asks, like, what What world do you want to make, Straw Hat? And Kaido said, uh, Luffy says, I want to make a world where all my friends can have food to eat. And it's <laughs> it's such a Luffy statement. Um, it's like a distillation of his character and like the good that he stands for in the One Piece world. And it was so satisfying as he got that last punch in. Um. And send Kaido, I guess, to the center of the earth where he's hanging out with Big Mom. <laughs> yeah, Loki, the best panel of the whole thing was just the two
2: tunnels into the volcano. <laughs> that was incredible. Do you think that's like the end yeah, of that? I, oh,
1: I was just going to ask that. Like, I want more of Kaido's backstory.
3: Mm. Yeah, but he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I think we were kind of shortchanged on the, the backstory, you know, a bit. Um I I especially I think when there was like a lot of intrigue and and it seemed like the way Kaido talked was very like he knows something more than he should about this whole Joy Boy thing or about this whole, you know what I'm saying, like world government thing and stuff like Like he he kind of made it look like he was planting like the reveal of more and more information to come in his backstory but then i don't know I, fe- I felt like we were somewhat shortchanged on that i don't know how everyone else was
2: kind of felt like he just represented like at a certain point there's just like somebody that is just like all evil and is just like all in on like barbarianism and, like, with the giant club that he's got with, like, the spikes yeah. <laughs> in it and stuff. And then he's a big dragon with just, like, brute force that there's going to have to be a point where that somebody was going to have to go through that person and how corrupt that could be. And kind of parallel that to, like, the global society that he was writing in as well.
5: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I do think we're going to get a little bit more backstory of kaido when we eventually get to uh learning more about roger and rocks and garp and the god valley incident um but yeah i wanted to know i also wanted to know what kaido's deal was like why he i mean he's through throughout mono he always seemed to care about having a good fight um with uh someone who could challenge him. Uh, I mean, he like stopped Big Mom from attacking uh Luffy, Law, and Kid when he was facing them on the roof. He killed the CP0 guy for getting in the middle uh, in the way of the fight between him and Luffy. And he has like some twisted sense of morals and um this fixation on what a good death is. Uh and Yeah, I I do think we're going to see more of that in God, whenever we see the God Valley flashback. But yeah, I do wish we had more than a single chapter's worth of backstory. Uh, Granted, though, it did give us a little bit more backstory of him and King. Uh, Yeah,
3: those those parts are really good.
1: Yeah, I definitely think we're going to get at least a little bit more because we have to get more information about King and King's race Mm -hmm. (laughs) that just has to happen at some point. Yeah. Especially given the stuff with the seraphim. Yeah.
0: Yes, in the newest in the newest chapters. Yeah, uh, and finally, I guess last thing about Wano. What's y'all's favorite fight in Wano?
4: I I can go. I yeah. I, I, this isn't a very like climactic fight, but um, I guess Katie had been like amping me up for Wano for so long. That, like, <laughs> seeing seeing Zoro in, like, the first episode fight all these samurai with this tiny little dagger um, was <laughs> so exciting to me to, like, <laughs> finally be in Wano and the, all the music's going and the animation is amazing. Um, I think that really sold it for me.
0: Yeah, that was a great, like, start to Wano. Got to
2: a, a fight in the
0: entirety of the Wano arc. Yeah, it could be... Um... That's I was thinking about, like, the raid, but yeah, it can be through uh, other parts of the Mono arc as well.
2: What about a tragic fight that is not even a fight?
0: Ooh. <laughs> oh, no, what I think I know be- what you're talking being about. being
2: boiled alive and shot in the face?
0: Oh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that count oh. as a fight.
2: Because <laughs> that was the best oh. part of the whole thing, for sure. Nah, Odin was Devast fighting, I don't care. That's that's a
3: fight, like, a different kind. Like, that's, like, the mental fortitude, bro, that's different. He
2: carried it, see, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely
0: yeah that entire backstory that flashback was i think it's up there as one of the like the most heart-wrenching backstories of of the one piece world just because of how it affected like kinemon and momo and all the other retainers there and then you learn that Con- an
1: entire nation
0: yeah and then you learn that Conjuro was in on it and then you hate him even more and you get one of the most epic taglines of all time from Odin.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh. The boiling, yeah. Oh my God. Kyle woke up to spit facts there. <laughs>
3: Uh Okay, so even though Gifford was probably like my favorite moment, I think my favorite fight was Big Mom versus Lawn Kid. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's just those two and their kind of like frenemies kind of situation where it's just like oh like we're really just allies but at the same time it's like you know they are their most direct competition uh as people from like the worst generation and like the supernovas that are you know they're trying to make their biggest names for themselves as rookies uh i think like their whole dynamic with their chemistry is like just super exciting to watch as they basically can deal out these outlandishly impressive attacks but at the same time be mad at each other because they are like they are trying to be the one to put the nail in the coffin for big mom so it's just cool to see them like go one after the other like nah i'm gonna bring this person out like it's just like it's just like all the the showmanship there but at the same time it's like they're in sync with each other right because law he, he has a really useful fruit that can reposition and then kid just has like the tenacity to just like in my opinion, I think, you know, even if Law wasn't there, right, like, like Kid is somebody who has, like, that kind of, like, tenacity to, like, see that fight all the way through the end, but Law, you know, he might do strategic retreats and stuff like that, so seeing that kind of, like, balance to each other makes for something that you couldn't have unless they were, like, both in the room.
1: I think related to that, um, just the beginning of The Roof in general, where you have Kaido and... Big Mom and Luffy and Zoro and Kid and Killer <laughs> and Law just all up there, kind of working together to try to land blows and separate these two emperors. I think was a really, a really great example of that, like teamwork. Even if you don't really want to be on the same team, sometimes as the the other pirates up there, it was really cool to see all of them working together in tandem like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think adding on to that, my favorite part of the roof battle was the uh the effort to get Zeus away from big mom mm. because that was i think that one chapter was the best showing of all the different um like supernova's abilities of uh, like kid locking zeus in the middle box law um zapping him away zoro running defense to uh to slice the the flames from prometheus uh yeah that that like, back-and-forth teamwork before Zoro eventually gets taken out of commission um, was, like, really great. Uh, and speak and just to speak on Kaido for a second, his uh, hybrid form is terrifying. Oh, my gosh. Uh, especially um, in, like, that drunken rage uh, or whatever drunken fist style of fighting he brings out um, against Luffy. I, I think that was, like, some of my some of my favorite battles
1: yeah he's a goofy drunk yeah
2: (laughs) was this was this the same arc where there was a scene it's so long ago i can't even remember where luffy like (laughs) sees the future and grabs the elephant trunk and like turns to him and like says something and then he like
0: blows up that was hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's in um Udon, the prison. Oh I, yes, that's <laughs> right.
2: I saw a
3: they bad pers- future for you.
2: Dad. That, that was cold. I'm sorry. That <laughs> was cold. <bro. laughs> there were so many hilarious, just like little mo in between moments too. There weren't even like in the big battles. They were just so great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this did feel like a return to some of the like silliness that the Straw Hats. Can get up to when they're together, even if they're separated. I guess Luffy's always silly. Oh my gosh, the Luffy Zoro reunion was so Love good!
3: <laughs> nah, I'm sorry, Luffy is a goat. You should, how do you fight the strongest person in the world, like, sock him in the face and just say, I gotta make sure all my dogs eat? That's literally, I'm <laughs> sorry, that's crazy, dude. That's, <laughs> bro. Say, I gotta make sure everybody's good, like, and that's why I have to take you down. Like, that's that's goat. <laughs>
0: That's gonna. That's gonna be. It's like revealed his. Uh, his dream is to stop world hunger or something. That's what I he's mean. Been... Honestly, though. Yeah.
1: Because he said we don't know what his like big big dream is. I guess mm-hmm. because that panel was blank and everyone in the crew just went what? <laughs> and it's gotta be something silly. Like I just want everyone to be free and like not hungry.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's what I think anyway. That's
4: what I always thought the One Piece was gonna be. The One Piece was gonna, just gonna be like one big party with tons of food. For everyone
0: and everyone's invited yeah. <laughs> oh man we're, we're definitely gonna have a time uh time to talk about theories but yeah i've i've definitely heard uh yeah the party theory of luffy wanting to throw a big party for his dream um or like the one piece is <laughs> the friends that we made along the way oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but thankfully oda has said that the one piece is an actual treasure there's like oh, there okay. is something on Raftal, it's or not? The, it's, it's not Raftal. All anymore. the funding
2: they need for the greatest party <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Luffy might as well yeah, just turn himself in and he'll no have <laughs> <laughs> Uh All right. But speaking of goofy moments and kind of a return to form, I want to talk a little bit about the newest arc. I want to talk about Egghead. Um, because we've only just started... Um, the arc that came after Wano, and we have met a character in this arc that I think has the record for the longest time between name-dropping this character and then actually revealing this character, and that, of course, is uh, Vegapunk, the smartest person in the One Piece world, like this genius scientist who Works for the world government and is responsible for creating uh, the pacifistas, which are like these clone super soldier cyborgs that um, the government uses to quash like rebellions and pirate uprisings. Uh, and every time I look at Vegapunk in uh, these uh, <laughs> new panels, I'm I always laugh at his design because he is basically so if. If you know the famous, like, Einstein meme face with his uh, tongue sticking out um, and him smiling, it, that's that's Vegapunk, except he has an apple for a head. <laughs> yeah, he he kind of looks like Dr. Wily from Mega Man also. He does.
3: Uh, isn't Wily uh, based on Mega Man? Or isn't Wily based on Einstein?
0: That might be true, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> but yeah, Egghead, I, I think, is just, like the most ridiculous um, like science kind of futuristic world that we've seen so far and uh, meeting Vegapunk and like the six, the six paths of Vegapunk, um, which uh, was, was super fun. And I want to know like more about each one and their deals are before, um, before things start <laughs> being completely destroyed on Egghead.
2: Yeah, I feel like we just entered complete Looney Tunes Avenue where, like, anything goes from here to the end. Like, all expectations I had of, like, oh, what the end of One Piece is going to look like and, like, what the final arcs will be like. I just gave up once he was jump roping Kaido. I was like, there's no way. And then when this started and and everything was going on, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's, yeah, all bets are off.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think that um, what was funniest to me about this arc is like a few weeks ago, Owen and I were talking about like, gear five and can uh, can Luffy control it and do you think it comes out as like a last resort thing like with his fight with Kaido um, and then immediately in this last chapter he's like instantly in gear five while fighting Luchi and we were like oh okay well I guess that answers that <laughs> like I guess it's just part of him now um, so I'm intrigued to see how that uh, looks for the rest of this arc.
3: Yeah what I think I like about uh, Egghead uh, other than like a lot of the exciting uh, reveals we can get to, but it's kind of like, okay, so, like, Luffy, obviously, like, a very kind of, like, Looney Tunesy kind of character as, like, I was saying. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, like, Bugs Bunny, right? Like, finally just takes a field trip to just, like, Acme Industries and just sees all, like, <laughs> you know, all <laughs> the wacky stuff and inventions that they've been making that have been alluded to, and now has just turned into, like, this giant playground that is also simultaneously kind of frightening in like a weird way because of, because of all the things uh, that they can make, which is why I I really like it.
4: I'm interested to see if uh, Frankie will get more, more time as a result of this. Um, Yes. Yeah. Like him and him and Vegapunk will collaborate.
0: Yeah. I want to definitely see him and Vegapunk like sit down and talk shop about cyborgs (laughs) and, uh, Things. i think in the most recent chapter there's a panel of like him um uh, having like heart eyes when uh <laughs> vegapunk prime comes in through the door yeah because i i think they also mentioned like they like he has laser beams too so there's yeah. like that possibility do you think yeah. this is where they make
2: the transponder snails or are those oh. just like a naturally occurring
0: thing like what what what's the deal with those so
2: Technology
0: in One so, Piece is amazing. <laughs> I do think that they in in the SBS corners, the little uh, Q and A corners in the volumes of One Piece, Oda does talk about um, transponder snails, and don't they don't they don't have the transponders built in to them. This the, I think it is like a technological implant that. Um, who knows? Maybe Vegapunk does control those, but yeah, the, I think if. Maybe I can grab a sound file of the little br- 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> dial tone that uh always plays whenever the transponder snails. Uh... I don't think you need a
2: sound file. I think you just yeah. did it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, you should
3: do <laughs> that like to start like the the one piece podcast episodes like beh-deh, beh-deh, <laughs> yeah. beh-deh, 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 <laughs> And then we just like pick up and you'll just see like in the corner with the narrator box somewhere in the new world. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm, I'm also super excited about, um, the lore that we're getting in, um, this most recent arc in egghead. Also just a sidebar. The fact that Pluton Plutone is in, um, in Wano, like buried underneath the seas of Wano, um, and that we're eventually going to see it when Wano's Borders opens uh, is like setting the stage for the final war. Um, but yeah, the fact that yeah, we. Yeah, that
1: stresses me out. That hmm? stresses me out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we've. Again, another thing that we've heard for a really long time and not know exactly what it is. Yeah, it um... feels
4: like they can't hide anything anymore because punk yeah. will just know everything, and assuming he goes with them, we don't know what happens, that he should just tell them everything he knows.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, he he has studied the, like, the great mystery of this One Piece world, like, what happened uh, a thousand years ago to this ancient kingdom, the uh, and the void century, which is, again, like, every time I think about the greater story of the One Piece world, I am always asking questions about what is the end goal? Who who is Joy Boy? What happened in the uh, void century 800 years ago? Like, does Odin's wife fit in there somehow because she traveled from the future? Uh, How will, like, finding the One Piece affect this? um, Is, like, Raftal the ancient kingdom's, like, main island... Uh, but yeah, so many different questions that we we know that Vegapunk has some of the answers. We also know that Saul, uh, Jaguar D. Saul, is back um, from Robin's backstory, and he might be uh, waiting for them in Elbath uh, to tell them more about what he's learned. But yeah,
2: it's, it's funny that you say that, because I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and One Piece has gone on for so long, and there was a point where I was like, endless adventure i can't wait to find out like what's going to be new there and now i just like have to know if they're going to see laboon again like that's all i care about <laughs> and i'm just like i just like are they going to get around this world and like back to a point where they've like ever been before and <laughs> it's such a silly thing but now i'm like 100 fixated on that i'm like will they complete the loop and ever make it back to laboon i just have to know they have to right Oh, I think so. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I've got all these philosophical questions running as well. And I'm like, what is the One Piece? But right now, I'm just like, will they see Laboon again? And will it be glorious?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think we talked about this before. But I do want once this One Piece saga is over. In Oda keeps saying he's going to finish it in five years. I don't think that's going to happen. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's... <laughs> I think there's like so much story left to tell in One Piece and while I do want Oda to take a break because he's only had like two vacations in the 25 years that he's been writing One Piece um I I also want to know what happens at the end if if it's going to end um in the next 10 years or so
1: I mean he's been moving pretty fast lately mm. like I did not expect to meet Vegapunk immediately after leaving Wano, mm-hmm. so so it does feel like things are kind of reaching uh ahead here a little bit that's true
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. uh i i agree with uh, what katie said i i do think oda kind of like definitely changed the pace to streamline a lot of the a lot of answering of questions that we've been having for like such a long time and Without doing what he usually does, which is, you know, for every answer we get, there's like, you know, a billion more questions that we have and stuff like that. It kind of looks like we're now on the chopping board of a lot of questions, at least in the past few chapters. Like, it, it feels like, you know, every next thing is being, like, addressed, like, as is. And especially with this arc not being one where the Straw Hats meet, like, four dozen characters or something like that. Like, boom, we came here to see Vegapunk. I guess there's six Vegapunks, so if you want to count that as multiple characters you can. <laughs> um but it's just like boom, we haven't we haven't had time with this like supernova yet, Bonnie. And you know, we're we're trying to get to Vegapunk and on top of that, Bonnie and Vegapunk both happen to be connected to Kuma, another person we've been trying to get at. Kuma and all these characters like Vegapunk are connected to the Dragon. It just looks like some really fast dominoes kinda like pouring out now. Um, whether or not that's like up to five years, I'm not sure. Although, in my opinion, I think the reason why five years is stated is because, well, maybe to t- maybe to like blow out maybe people's when it's like, oh, one piece is too long. But if you just say one piece ends in five years, <laughs> that kind of cool. like changes the conversation. It makes it look like it's it's shorter in some ways because like it has an end that people can supposedly you know like anticipate um but yeah for I think my favorite reveal, I think it does have to do with you know the with with the the chapter that was very robin focused I think for me the reason why is because uh One for Robin, she's like kind of the character I relate to like heavily because I do feel like if I was on this huge adventure, I would only want to drink sweet drinks and read. And just you can wake me up when like (laughs) you can bother me from reading once we get to the island, actually. Uh, So I think that (laughs) so I relate to her on a very personal level, though, my favorite straw hat is Zoro. But two, I do think in the new world, oftentimes uh, I was kind of a little bit disappointed with how Robin was handled because it kind of felt like she was just walking eye candy who only great moments were when a poneglyph showed up, which is very rare because they're supposed to be. Otherwise, like, uh, they wouldn't be such a big deal, right? And I felt like this idea of, you know, focusing back onto her, like, backstory and tell- and, remi- and giving this reminder, right, that she is a proud Ohoran and that everything that they've done is not dead. It all still lives with her and that there's someone who, like, can actually validate her existence. Cause it's not like all the straw hats really know that backstory or anything like that it is really, really cool. Um, I think the only thing that I'm kind of like trying to wait my feelings out on is just Jaguar D. Saul being alive. I think I have to like go back and see whether or not this knowledge will change how I experience water seven, because that is one of the things that, you know, even fans sometimes have a problem with, with one piece is just the, the lack of death and now this is a backstory that did, the person didn't even die and so like that one I'm gonna hold off on until I get like a final feeling test measurement on mm-hmm.
0: yeah we'll have to see what he does with Saul because I mean yeah he did do that with uh, Sabo <laughs> he brought mm-hmm. Sabo back yeah
1: speaking of oh my gosh how is Sabo doing I'm very anxious mm-hmm. <laughs> Sabo and Law I'm like pretty nervous about both of them <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I think this is a perfect segue to talk about what we think is in store for the future of One Piece. And also, maybe we can drop our own personal theories on um, what's going to happen in like the near future for One Piece um, in the next coming chapters. Because like you said, Katie, a lot of things are kind of up in the air. We don't know if Sabo is alive from being attacked by what many people have theorized uh, Uranus is. Um and whether or not Law survived his encounter with Blackbeard, and if he didn't, does he still have his fruit? Uh, I think that would be devastating if Law lo- lost his uh his fruit. That would but, that would be devastating. It, I have a question. Did did,
2: yeah. did anything that happened in Wano was that on a prediction radar for for anybody at any point? like if we like let's imagine us before wano going into it asking that question (laughs) did anybody predict any of these revelations and things do you know Uh, does anybody know you could
1: not there's no way i could have predicted yamato
2: it's just yeah it's just the (laughs) way right it's so complicated like the fabric and like it creates so many different things that i approach it all now like I don't even have the like building blocks of which to approach this question <laughs> besides <laughs> just like getting anxiety.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I do remember like there were theories of Luffy's fruit not being the gum gum fruit, ah, but okay. it, there were th- there were theories of it being like the mythical model uh monkey fruit, like Sun Sun Wukong, <laughs> the Monkey King, which I think would have been pretty cool because Luffy's a uh, Luffy is based off of Son Goku, and mm-hmm. Sun Goku, of course, is based off of um, Sun Wukong, the Monkey King. That's why Luffy's name is Monkey D. Luffy. Um, and, yeah, I think that was, like, the only thing that I had my feelers in, but, yeah, Wano was just crazy. Uh, I don't think I expected... Well, for one, I did not expect Big Mom to be there. Yeah, mm. I was no. just gonna say, so for,
2: that's kind of, like, a broad... Spectrum uh, prediction. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and maybe the only thing that is possible. So I'm gonna say that very soon, there's gonna be a surprising Blackbeard fight that's just going to be like mm. extremely pivotal <laughs> and like ex- and extremely babe. intense. That'll just kind of come out of nowhere. That's that's my <laughs> prediction. Blackbeard's the goat
1: It was very surprising to see Blackbeard's crew having so many devil fruits, mm. and to do that like gratuitous like, body swap of Law as a woman <laughs> with oh, yeah
0: Yeah, I also love how Blackbeard's crew has, like, super basic fruits, like, one's the <laughs> strength fruit, one is the sickness <laughs> fruit, one is the warp fruit, something like that. Uh, kind of shows, like, how he's just, like, getting the grab bag of devil fruits just to bolster his crew. Um, I think I guess I can posit my, my a theory that I have for uh immediately for Egghead. Um because in the most recent chapter, we got news that Kizaru is on his way to um to Egghead. And right now Luffy is fighting Luchi. Uh it doesn't seem like he's sweating too much against Lucci right now. He's like matching him blow for blow. Um so I think what's going to happen in the next couple of chapters is that Luffy is going to beat Luchi um somewhat handily. Maybe he'll get injured a little bit. Uh, only for Kizaru to come. And that's going to be like the main fight in this arc. Like Luffy having the chance to take down an admiral, something that we know we've known was coming for a really long time. And like, we've seen the gulf uh, between, like, previous arcs Luffy versus, like, Aokiji versus Akainu. Uh, Kizaru, again, like, beat him pretty soundly in Sibodi. Um And so this is, like, the perfect opportunity to see how far Luffy has come to fight against, like, a Marine Admiral. Yeah. But that's my theory. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think it's going to be interesting with the introduction of Kizaru there because it's like, you know, this is basically... Uh, aside from CP0, like, this is, like, the Sabaudi ops. Like, this is this is Kizaru, this is Sentonuru, this is, uh, this is, you know, the Kuma pacifistas exactly, you know what I'm saying? And it's, like, these are the people that, like, absolutely murked the Straw Hats, like, like way back in the day. And so, it's gonna be interesting to see how, like, the Straw Hats hold themselves against this threat, because there are many times, like, in the story, but uh, I think Wana has, like, a very clear example when they're fighting the numbers and you know they decide to like quantify the luffy quantifies the strength of a number as like a pacifista and you know it's the idea that they still look back at that moment right when they all just kind of like fell short and they couldn't really like do anything for each other as a crew they weren't well organized or just strong enough or prepared so um i think Kizaru coming there is going to be like another one of those reminders of just how far they've come from that prior failure. But also, I'm curious to see what Kizaru is going to do because Luchi just like kind of badly injured Sentomaru. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened, right? Like, recently. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like Luffy is the kind of person that would like fight Luchi and then maybe even make it I don't know like I feel like defense in some, in some type of way like you know just it. I feel like Luffy might look kind of like a good guy ish you know when Kizaru gets there and that what and like CP0 kind of looks bad you know in his eyes because that's his nephew involved so I'm wondering if Kizaru is going to have like an interesting kind of character conflict like seeing this whole thing go down
1: yeah that's interesting to think about as I haven't really thought about the Kizaru aspect much because I'm so focused on Bonnie and kuma and their history and so like my only theory which is probably such a basic theory is like kuma is from a race that is related to the voided century that's like all i've (laughs) got um because and my reasoning is thus he is big and there is a big giant (laughs) Corpse.
0: There was dialogue, though. I, I mean, there was dialogue saying, like, about his um, his race being special, I think, I, in the most recent yeah, chapters. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's, like, a little bit of, like, legit theory behind my theory, but <laughs> it's mostly I'm like, mm, pretty big, pretty big.
4: <laughs> yeah, with uh, Kuma being related to the giant, uh, like, void sentry uh, mech robot, uh, I do sort of think that the experiments that Vegapunk was doing on Kuma, or it's somehow related to generating like an energy source that can power these sort of things. Um, Like he wasn't just being built into an android, he secretly was being built into, you know, obviously the pawpaw fruit could probably be used to generate infinite energy or something like that because it's like it doesn't have bounds, but there's probably something more scientific in there.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's interesting. We still don't know what the what the deal that Kuma made with Vegapunk was that, like, okay, I'll give you this and you can uh, experiment on my body, but you have to promise me, like, X or something. We know one of them was, like, him defending the Straw Hats, him being programmed to defend the Straw Hats ship. Um, But, yeah, we don't know what else um, is there. And the fact that Kuma's also headed to uh, Egghead, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll... Yeah, maybe we'll have um, him and Kizaru <laughs> arrive at the same time. I think that would be that would be something Oda would pull out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> it'd be so satisfying for Kuma to arrive and then just go boop and like paw paw fruit Kizaru <laughs> somewhere else.
0: <laughs> Kizaru would probably come right back because he's like traveling at the speed of light or whatever. But it be begs funny. the question yeah. why he's not
4: there already if he can travel at the speed of light.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he might be just lazy.
3: I don't. I don't know why it's. It's gotten funny to me. It's not even a, supposed to be a funny scene or what Oda <laughs> sees as funny. But I just really want after this arc, whatever happens on like Egghead Island to just have another like scene where a kind of was at the military base like, ah, oh, these damn pirates. <laughs> and he's just, like, he's just says this every arc that he's just done nothing. Like, he's just always just like this new age these pirates, this job is fleet admiral. It just cracks me up because it's like, he he never like gives a plan or anything like that. He just It's like the same grumbling cigar smoke. And then you get three panels of that and then it's just
0: he, he never, you never see any conclusive thought on it.
1: He's a true politician now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: he's uh... a... <laughs> That's true. I, I think my favorite scene of like that specific scene, Lonnie, mm-hmm. is um when when Sengoku comes in, he's like, isn't it hard being fleet admiral? <laughs> and uh, and then Akainu's of, like yells at him to like, get out of here, you retired uh, p- pensioner or whatever. Uh, all right. Well, to end off of this podcast episode, uh, I wanted to bring, in lieu of um, trivia, because I didn't have time to make trivia, but I do have a couple of theories that... I found on the internet for um, for the future of One Piece. And so I'm gonna go through uh, six of them. And uh, if you have, I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts and opinions on it, if you agree or disagree, perhaps on the fact that One Piece would be traveling down this route. So the first two, of course, are gonna be some joke theories that um, the subreddit on slash One Piece cooked up. The ones that I've seen um, hilariously. Obviously, the first one, of course, is Crocodile (laughs) being Luffy's mom. (laughs) Hmm. What? Had anybody heard of this theory before? Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what am I?
3: I have no clue if it was originally put up as a shit post or whether or not that was actually someone being serious. And then now it's treated as one. But I really like that one.
1: There's no way. Yeah, it's just it's just so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I also
1: it goes against uh, Oda's creed of having women fight women.
3: <laughs> you never know, like you, you'll find out. It's the reveal again. Oh, it's really the Hita Hita, whatever. <laughs> oh, it came from Joy Girl. Like it just gets even more fucking lore on top of it. Just like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think the whole reason why this theory came up in the first place was back in Impel Down when um, Ivankov was like, I know one of your secrets, Crocodile. And everyone was like, oh, that, that, of course that must have meant that Crocodile was formerly a woman before Ivankov transitioned him or something.
2: It's just that he actually has a regular hand and he's holding one of those pretend hooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's my good head <laughs> canon. Oh God. lose all credibility. <laughs>
3: so he just like socks Vivi, and then that was just his warm up to sock his own mom. Like.
0: <laughs> all right, and the one more joke theory that I think was hilarious, Kyle. You were saying like, what were some of the theories before Wano concluded? Um, there are a lot of theories of Kaido, like what exactly Kaido's fruit was, or like what, uh, what race Kaido was, um, and. I personally subscribe to the theory that Kaido was a dragon who ate like a model of the human human fruit. Um, But unfortunately, that didn't that didn't pan out. But for a while there, people theorized that Kaido is actually a poneglyph. I hated that that theory so much. (laughs) Ate a human human fruit. Yeah, because they're
3: obviously so stupid. I don't even remember their, all their talking points, but they were like, "How else could you be so indestructible?" Remember the Poneglyphs. They've survived all this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so they'll be like, "Look at his tattoos. They kind of look like the writings or something." It, it <laughs> was it was bad. It was a bad time for the community. <laughs> I'm not gonna blame anybody that hated us during this time. <laughs> we were going through it.
0: Yeah, I think that was like immediately after. Kaido fell from the sky from Sky Island, uh, and they were like, "How can he be so indestructible?" And then, like you said, line, like they're like, poneglyphs are indestructible." So of course, I
1: mean, by that logic, then isn't he just made of the same wood as the Straw Hats' ship? <laughs>
3: Bro ate the tree, tree I mean...
2: fruit model, Adam. <laughs> Dude, I hope Buggy is the ultimate challenge of One Piece with his freaking <laughs> chop chop fruit, and it's like against Luffy in like God mode. I hope that's the final One Piece battle, and it's just so hilarious and amazing.
0: Th- this isn't isn't one of my theories, but people have been theorizing that um, it would the f- final Blackbeard battle would be Shanks and Buggy versus Blackbeard, uh, kind Aww. of like an old rivalry of like Roger versus Whitebeard pirates. Um, that would be amazing.
3: Especially mm-hmm. that like
0: history, that. the scar on the eye,
3: like mm-hmm. Sean's, like you know, just already had the suspicion against them. Okay, mm-hmm. since we were talking about Buggy, I'm not saying that he should like <laughs> win like a, like a really good fight or anything like that, because like I mean, it's not like Oda has made him do that, but I do want him to do something trolly embarrassing to like to like Emu. Or him, or wherever <laughs> like you know that like overlord of the entire world is, because I think it would just be hilarious for like him to be, to have a moment where they're just like humiliated by this absolute joke of a pirate and stuff like that, and and now buggy looks like, you know, he ascends the further per like perception of godhood to like all of his followers, for helping take down him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Buggy will be like at the top of pirate publicity by the end of the series. I can I can subscribe to that theory. <laughs> All right, but um, diving into actual like headcanon theories, um, why don't we talk about this one? Um, the theory that I have here is that discovering the One Piece will result in the Red Line being destroyed aka opening like connecting all four of the world seas um, fulfilling sanji's wish of the all blue and luffy's like dream for the seas of the world to be free to go wherever they want what do y'all think about that one why wouldn't they have done that already
1: i agree like wouldn't that have already happened
0: maybe the world wasn't ready well there I mean the One Piece has like some kind of time constraint to it because Roger came there too early. Oh, that's right? true. You have to be Katamari Demasi
2: level of god <laughs> size to be using it. So Luffy's gonna be the only one that can do it.
3: <laughs> now personally that'd be dope. even Oh sorry, go ahead.
2: No, it's just saying that'd be dope.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Now personally like uh this is one of those older theories, but I actually do really like it? It does at least have an explanation for the all blue. I think the idea of a connected ocean would be great, and there it it at least for what some people have said about it is it connects back to at least to Fishman Island when like that future seeing clairvoyant Shirley Shark thing, like when she was basically saying that was just like oh Luffy's going to destroy like Fishman Island. Fishman Island is directly underneath the red line. And on top of that, the red line is where Mary Joy is, which houses all the people that have oppressed the fishmen for so long. And then on top of that, we've kind of seen the, the red line be kind of seen as like this imposing, like wall of like a, a thing to like struggle against, whether that was like fish or tiger. And now we learned about that robot thing. And like, you know um, that robot thing that actually comes all the way from the ancient kingdom, or like mm-hmm. something about like you know the the that physical structure of the red line, and then like you know measure all of the world's oppressors basically being concentrated within him leading them stuff like that at the at the very top. It it could be like very powerful, and the fact that it hasn't been yet achieved. One being the timeline, but also just when you actually see like what Fisher Tiger was climbing, you, it's just unbelievable like how huge that thing actually was. And if this thing being destroyed and it being the reason why Fishman Island is quote unquote destroyed is the reason why all the fishmen can now comfortably raise up to the ocean where they've always wanted to be this entire time and what they were promised is kind of like their, I guess, uh, their analogy, right, of like some sort of like emancipation or civil rights and, and things like that, I think would actually have some powerful messaging and still keep the rest of the themes and plot points of One Piece intact
1: and perhaps most importantly if all of the oceans were one giant ocean it would be much easier for Brooke and laboon to reunite <laughs> that's what i was going to say
4: <laughs> it seems like such a nice bow like it, it's i would almost feel disappointed cuz it works so well if it actually happened like it needs to be cra- it needs to be crazy <laughs> there needs to be like another world
3: yeah and the the whole idea of the island destroying like ship the that was supposed to be which one is that one supposed to be is that uh that's pluton, pluton right if pluton's yeah. like you know design can destroy the red line and you know maybe this is like you know this arc right now with Vegapunk and Frankie being able to learn from because Frankie wants to like you know design like or Frankie was exposed to the blueprints of pluton and stuff like that right if Frankie builds pluton and that destroys the red line and and who knows maybe the final epic battle happens at Mary's against him or maybe blackbeard or whoever the fi- end game person is right all there it would, you know, I I just feel like, yeah, just like Owen said, like there would be just like a lot of ways to just hammer out so many things, just like in one dramatic moment.
0: And uh, building off of uh, what you said, Owen, uh, the fact that it would be have to be super crazy, uh, crazier than just destroying the red line, maybe introducing another world. Uh, that actually segues right into uh, another theory that I brought up from uh, the internet, and the fact that this theory states that the ancient kingdom that the world government fought against was on the moon. And
1: that's where Nero is this whole time.
0: <laughs> uh, and the reason why people are saying that is because I don't know if they covered this in the anime. I'm not a um, not as well-versed in the anime episodes as y'all are, but in the manga, they have these cover stories where Oda will draw a single page uh, per chapter of like a story happening somewhere else in the one piece world. And one of those stories was with Aneru uh, going to the moon, um, finding like space pirates fighting against them and discovering these ancient, uh, ancient hieroglyphs uh, on the structure in the moon that, showed a race of people with wings just like the uh, skypeans and the shandorans um and so that theory stemmed from the fact that the the uh, world government used the ancient weapons to drive uh drive the people from the ancient kingdom from the moon down to earth um which before this arc seems pretty far-fetched but the fact that we know that their technology was so advanced a thousand years ago I don't know yeah that's 100% the answer for sure 100% the answer yeah
2: 100% (laughs) like I was trying to think of like what it would actually be like and like yeah you just nailed it after this last arc (laughs) we're going to the moon for sure (laughs) uncharted waters we gotta get there
0: Meet up with the Narrow again. Yeah. All right. And there's going
3: to be like, I don't know, suppose the blue sea and white sea. There's like the moon sea or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's actually just space. (laughs) Fair enough.
4: It does feel like there needs to be something like celestial. Like the naming, the naming of all the weapons doesn't seem arbitrary. Although Mm. I guess it could be arbitrary. Like. Like in full, not to bring up another anime, but in Fullmetal Alchemist, like the Deadly Sins aren't something they people know about. Otherwise, they just count how many Emancilla there were. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I do think, uh, you know, because some people were pointing out, like it is kind of interesting, like the designs of like certain things, like uh, where Clover and the other archaeologists, where they would study, like you know, they're supposed to be like archaeologists, but in the center, they do have like these interesting, like astronomy models that are kind of just like put in the middle as if they were already onto something that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. um but on top of that there's the celestial dragons themselves and their kind of spacesuit looking kind of designs that they have oh, that great great connection yeah that's yeah. that perhaps hint maybe that perhaps hints maybe their arrival from a whole nother possible place or like maybe origin or something like that. Um which might have led to you know maybe like uh maybe their like competition with like a lot of the original inhabitants in like the One Piece world, like the Lunarians that we find out that King is that now is like more of like a, a rare race and things like that. So there there are some some bizarre oddities, right, that I feel like the moon thing makes further and further interesting, especially because of the cover story now kind of shedding light on on some of this stuff. Especially the idea of a ship floating into space. Maybe, I mean, like, I I mean, Eneru kind of already has ships like that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's like, and and that's not even to like, using like the Vegapunk technology or anything like that. It's it's like, it, it could be like, you know, like a like a possible imaginative but logical progression of how the straw hats are going to make a new interesting like travel somewhere.
4: I have a, I have a bad theory to ta- take on to the back of this.
3: Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's see. There's it.
4: uh so there's like a straw hat, a giant straw hat somewhere mm-hmm. in like Mary Joa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A straw hat kind of looks like a UFO so what if, what if it was like the symbol of the ufo that they all came on
3: yo <laughs> yo hey
0: yo hey i'm
3: glad so to have you watching. on this on this podcast episode yeah. o, and
0: I- They they traveled to the moon <laughs> the in a straw hat shaped ufo yeah. Final, final nah, this panel. is
3: real one piece talk because it, it, it gotta be this outlandish when it comes to theories like if it doesn't get there i don't know if you've seen this series like mm-hmm. oh that's good i kind of like it i dig it yo i dig it
0: like <laughs> yeah we don't know what that's true we don't know what the giant straw hat is in the in mary Jo is it could just be another spaceship Dude, I just feel like that would be
3: so cool. Like, the idea that, like, you know, from Roger to Shanks to, like, Luffy, like, there's been also this inherited will idea of the person who's going to, like, the person who's going to go to, like, space and just, like, keep going out into further and further wild adventures. Like, that's the kind of person who deserves to wear the hat. Like, and it happens to be shaped like a UFO. Like, there's just, there's, there's just something about that that is kind of strikingly powerful. Like, the person who gets this, right? is the one who's been, like, who's been trying to, like, break free into just further and further, like, you know, air, like, degrees of, of freedom where it's, where it's, like, the world is so much bigger that every than everyone, you know, like, assumes it to be. And that's kind of, like, who, I guess, like, Luffy is, right? Luffy's kind of, like, interest in life would probably end if he didn't get to, if there's no more things to see, no more things to experience and stuff like that.
1: So is that his dream that, like, the panel didn't reveal when he said something and
3: everyone oh. laughed?
0: And was his dream just, I want to go to space? <laughs> oh,
3: that, that would sweet. be great. Like,
0: the moon? <laughs> honestly, I think I think we might be on to something here.
2: Yeah, and now he's like a god. So he's just going to be like, he can go anywhere. He can chill in space and just, like, float around from world. He's going to be like an interplanetary connector now to, to, like, all the everything that could be out there. And it is interesting, metaphorically, like the idea of the moonshot, and thinking about how you know that was like an incredible frontier of adventure, but that was so mm-hmm. long ago, but yeah. also so impactful to people emotionally. And we haven't really like done that again ever. So it is kind of like that sense of uh, that sense of pining back again for like the greatest adventure that we can possibly achieve, mm-hmm. and one piece is tracked in a very strange non-realistic version all sorts of things that parallel like our human events and even like current events of global society that Oda's writing in so it's very much on brand to actually consider the moon as a realistic and like next frontier especially when they've got all these extra amazing things at their disposal meanwhile people are fighting over the seas and and wasting their time while Luffy's like, um, "That's cool, but I'm the best pirate there ever was, so I'm going to the moon.
3: Catch up when you're ready." <laughs> and
2: I, I just love that characterization of what you just said
3: because it's because that right, the idea of everyone fighting like to battle like for DCs and stuff like that, but like it's it just makes Luffy always look like somebody who's never been as short-sighted as the rest of his peers. Like he's always had his eyes. On something bigger and it, you know just tying it back to like that Bellamy scene right where Bellamy mocks him for like believing in Sky Island and wanting to go there but and we we find out that Luffy right has like kind of like this huge passion to try and go see like what's up there um, regardless of what Bellamy say. Like. but imagine taking that in a recontextualized light where it's just like it's like Luffy's ideas didn't even stop there for adventures he was thinking even Further than that. Like no one ever really can think on like Luffy's big brain level of adventures at least.
2: <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, in it's terms... almost like he he manifested his own storyline of like yeah. these things becoming reality mm-hmm. and becoming yeah. woven into the history where yeah. nobody else could have even seen it happening.
3: Yeah, and I want y'all oh, I want y'all to imagine this, right? Imagine because like in that whole Skypea thing, you know, there's that amazing like shot of when like luffy rings the bell right and that's like in the clouds and then that's how all of Montblanc nolan's descendants that remain can get that verification that the that 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 their will was finally achieved to like go actually show that like that place existed and that bell ringing right that kagara always wanted to ring in order to send his message to nolan that never got communicated but Remember, like, there's that whole thing about, like, Nika. Nika was also kind of seen by, like, the people that were imprisoned in Mary Joie, like, all the fishermen, like, the, the, the god that they had prayed to, right? To kind of be that warrior of liberation. Once again, seeing something in the sky. Imagine that same Luffy image imprinted further than the clouds into the rest <laughs> of the freaking universe so that the entire world wonders who that person is And, you know, that also still representing his godlike status as Nika. But the idea that it raises all this interest across the entire universe to want to then find out who this person is, to explore and have adventures themselves because they realize there's someone out there so interesting and so adventurous that it inspires everybody else to get really involved in having their own adventures, too. Which would be just like what Roger did with the One Piece, except on a scale that, like, is... Like infinitely times greater.
0: I think we just figured out the ending of One Piece. <laughs> I think Done. honestly, I'm I'm saying I feel like we can call it. Like called shot. <laughs> We're going to the moon. Luffy's dream is to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it will be if this does happen, it would be hilarious if he draws a terrible straw hat skull and crossbones on the moon just like <laughs> laboon on laboon and that'll be like his bell ringing moment uh lonnie that you were saying mm-hmm. like announcing to the rest of the world in the universe i think that i think we can safely call it there or what so even- the moon has yeah.
2: such a connection to like the tides and also the navigation of the seas mm-hmm. over the history of mm-hmm. time and there's so many like traditional stories that connect to things being on the moon and like the man in the moon and, like luffy's totally gonna be like the like you just said like the man in the moon and mm-hmm. we'll like look up there and like actually like be able to like see him and believe that anything is possible
3: yeah like, like he would become thing. that in Im- like that remembered legend or er- that you kind of just tell to everyone across time whether they knew him or not that just like okay. becomes a story forever passed down for so that people have an imagination to live out that's powerful like
1: well just like when you look at the earth from far enough away all the seas look the same so they are all blue <gasps> oh
2: my <Boom>. god <laughs> all right i think Wolf. we gotta end the podcast now <laughs> we
3: can't we can't add any more to <laughs> That'll this be the
2: final song <laughs> yeah like what if
3: like what if everyone sees that image of luffy and just like i don't know maybe all they Maybe all they really get maybe might be the Straw Hat, but just like how Owen says, maybe that's misinterpreted as a UFO to, like, so many people, like, across the universe and stuff like that. But it's, once again, like, that Straw Hat, just like how Straw Hat Luffy has become, like, an increasing legend here. Like, the Straw Hat has just continued to be a a legacy, like, taken down, like, from Roger DeShanks to Luffy to, like, just these, like, astronomical portions. That would be sick,
0: bro.
1: (laughs) What are the odds Oda listens to this? And
0: yeah. He's like, oh, I should I write think. that instead. Yeah. You know, he, he listens to it. He's like, they figured it out. I have to change yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Well, good thing if this does, if any of this does come true, this will be recorded um, and timestamped. So we can be the first one to say, like, we said it first. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, that's all the time that we have. So thank you folks so much for listening. And thank you all my One Piece pals for joining me for yet another successful uh, One Piece podcast episode. Yeah. Yay.
3: This was super fun, especially that end. Oh, yo, that was, that was wild. (laughs) Can't wait to go to the moon with you all. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And and, and I'm super happy to have you uh, here like Owen because it's like you just I don't know you was like I don't know I felt like you met our like where we was at and our energy especially now that you're like caught up and stuff (laughs) like that and just like building this kind of like moment just like
0: I don't know like I'm I'm getting chills thinking like did we do it like did did we we, are we (laughs) the ones? like (laughs) yeah we we definitely have to watch the live action one piece together whenever it comes out oh yeah oh
1: my gosh viewing party for sure
0: (laughs) Alright, but once again, thank you all for joining us. Join us next year when we eventually talk about One Piece again and add a sixth person, I guess, going on the trend. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to, between now and a year from now, we're going to have to uh, find someone else to convert to our side, our One Piece side. So uh, you'll see us then. Um, And I'd like to also thank uh, Ben, uh, which some of you on the podcast may know, for... (laughs) writing our intro and outro theme you can check out his own podcast real beasts on spotify Uh, and once again thank you so much for listening and you will hear from us next year bye bye everybody